This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Are we ready to receive the word this morning? This morning I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. As you're turning your pages to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, I, tr- I strongly believe that we are in a time of warfare in our nation. One can only sense the intensity of the warfare that is, I think as believers we are always in warfare. From the moment we step into this earth, the Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. There is a constant assault, but I believe that the, the warfare has intensified. There is a heightened activity. How many of you can sense that there's a heightened activity happening around us? Well, we just came out of prayer conference and Pastor Tom began to speak about gates and keys. He began to speak about the different gates that were found in the book of Nehemiah. And a particular, uh, you know, interest today was the horse gate. How many of you remember what the horse gate represents? It represents warfare. And he began to articulate what these various gates represented. And today I really sense that God wants us to position ourselves to understand that we are in a war. But it's not a natural war that we're in. We're in a spiritual war. Amen? And so if you're going to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against what? The wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, and spiritual hosts and wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I want to say that again. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen. Today I want to briefly speak to you on a message that I've given the title, Word Warriors. Word Warriors. I believe God is calling us in this hour to be Word Warriors. Those who are dedicated to the Word of God. Briefly, I want to give you just a, uh, just, be, just to bring context to this passage that I've read, just a brief understanding of the book of Ephesians and what it represents. The book of Ephesians can really be divided into two main themes. The first part of the book speaks of the believer's place in Christ. Paul is addressing our place in Christ. And he begins to mention how we are saved by grace. So the first three chapters are really speaking about who we are in Christ, our position in Christ. The second part of the book begins to speak about the believer's behavior. Okay, so the first part is the believer's place in Christ. The second part is the believer's behavior in the world. How we ought to walk, he begins to speak how we ought to walk in love. How we ought to conduct ourselves in a spirit of unity. Paul begins to encourage the church in Ephesus to begin to walk in unity. Because in unity, God commands a blessing. And so he begins to encourage them. And when we get to chapter 6, 
he begins to instruct them that you are in a spiritual war. He says to the church of Ephesus, I want you to be aware that you are in a spiritual war. You see, Paul writes this letter to the church in Ephesus from his hotel, not from his hotel room, but from his prison cell in Rome. He wasn't in a luxurious hotel room. He was writing it from a prison cell in Rome. This epistle is sometimes referred to as one of the prison epistles because Paul, in many occasions, would write letters to the churches while he was in prison. See, Paul had a strong conviction. He carried a very deep anguish for the church. And even if it meant that his own life would be at stake, which it was in many instances, he would never flinch. He would never back down. Instead, he kept declaring the word of God, in, even in difficult circumstances. Whew. You know, we came back from our pastor's retreat this week, and on our way back, my wife and I passed through Johannesburg, and we met up with my wife's young sister, and she works uh, at, uh, you know, at a site called the Constitutional Hill, which is in Johannesburg. It's a very famous site. Uh, it's, it's, it's significant in South Africa because... Uh, it's there where you find the flame of democracy. If you know that flame that has been on since 2012, and till today that flame still burns, and it represents democracy uh, to the people of, Af of South Africa. But also in this particular site, you find what is known as the Old Fort Prison Complex. The Old Fort Prison Complex. This, this prison is a very famous prison. Why? Because many political activists were detained in this particular prison. Of note, Winnie Mandela was uh, imprisoned in this particular uh, prison. You see, the site has now become a museum. So tourists come from all over the world and they see this place. And I remember we walked in and we began to walk through the doors. And you walk in and it's, it's a prison because they've kept the original infrastructure. So you walk in and then immediately you walk through this big, big gate. You know, prisons always have that big gate. And you walk into the courtyard. And in the courtyard, there's different placards that begin to explain and show you pictures of the people that were in the prison and their stories. And you begin to read the horrendous stories of what these people went through. The beatings, the sexual abuse, the things that happened while they were in prison. And as you walk through this, you finally get to a particular place which shook me the most. And I think in any prison, this will shake you. It's where they put those who are in solitary confinement. And you walk into this particular passage, the very narrow passage, you walk through the door, and in the different, there's about six cells there, and there's different, again, there's different placards, pictures, and some pieces of clothing that they wore, and some, some of the utensils that they used, there's a little bin there, where they would use, uh, you know, when they needed to, to relieve themselves, it, it was a terrible situation, but here's the thing, as I walked through this prison, I remember there was one way my, 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 my wife's youngest said, I can't go in there, because, they, 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 you know, you begin to sense the anguish. You begin to sense the desperation. And even though it's been years and decades before, I mean, since there was prisoners in there, you can still sense the atmosphere. Church, today I want to ask you, to what extent will you go for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Paul was in prison, not once, but several occasions. But he never stopped declaring the word of God. See, the city of Ephesus is also the location of the temple goddess Diana. The goddess Diana was also known as the goddess of fertility. See, this city was well known for worshipping handmade gods. 
and many wrote books about these gods. It was also known for fortune telling and exorcism. They would use these different gifts to merchandise from the people. Some even made replicas of this temple of Diana and would also merchandise that. So one can only understand why there was an uproar when Paul got into this region and began to declare the gospel. Because now he was challenging the very, the very livelihood of the people in that, in that particular city. They had grown up in this culture of trade, of fortune telling. And now here Paul is coming and saying, you know what? There's a better way. And it's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, it's in Ephesus that we find the story of the seven sons of Sceva. You remember that story? The seven sons of Sceva, it's in Ephesus. And it says that there were seven sons who went and they were trying to exorcise a demon out of a man who was possessed with a demon. And so they came to this man and they said, we cast you out in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And the Bible says the evil spirit answered them and said, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? <laughs> and it says that the man who was possessed leapt onto the seven men. I want to I visualize this. One man overpowered seven sons of Sceva. And it says he, he stripped them naked, beat them, wounded them, and it says they ran away for their lives. You see, they were trying to operate in an authority that they didn't have. And so as Paul writes this letter, he's aware that there, there are those in Ephesus who are becoming increasingly irritated with believers. And I'm sure that there are some that have come up against the church and are threatening and are provoking them. But you see, Paul reminds the church that they are not wrestling against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Therefore, Paul is reminding them that you cannot use natural weapons in this war that you're in. Do not look at your brothers who are coming up against you and think it's them. You are not in a natural battle, you are in a spiritual battle. See, some of us, we are being faced with people People who are provoking us. People who are taunting us. But God wants us to remember that we were never equipped for a natural battle. We were equipped for a spiritual battle. We are those who understand that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And that our authority comes when we are seated in Him in heavenly places. Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus, be cautious that you do not engage in the wrong battle. You see, if you find yourself spending a lot of time fighting against people, you are in the wrong battle. If you find yourself involved in vain arguments with people, you are in the wrong battle. That is not the battle that we have been called to as believers. See, Paul is trying to make the church in Ephesus understand that the battle is really happening in the realm of the Spirit. Quick side, I want to just mention something about spirits. See, when we look at spirits, whether, let's first talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides on the inside of us. And he empowers us to do certain things. We speak of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, we're able to do supernatural things. Amen? But how many of you know there are also demonic spirits that are 
possessing, that, 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 that desire to possess people, that make it their business to possess people. And so, as much as we understand that there is the Holy Spirit, we must also understand that the enemy has his spirits that seek to possess people. You see, I want to quickly take you to a story in Mark chapter 5. There's a man in the, in the book of Mark chapter 5 who Jesus came up against this guy and he says he went into this region where this guy was. And it says that this man lived amongst the graves. He was a violent man. He was feared by many. And he would spend his days and nights crying and cutting himself on his arms. That's what he did. It says when Jesus came into that region and he stepped out, he says the man came before him. And he asked him the question, he says, who are you? And the man says, my name is Legion, for we are many. See, Legion wasn't the, the name of the man. Legion spoke of the fact that there was thousands of demons that were in this one person. So what does Jesus do? Jesus casts out the spirits out of this man. And it says, as the spirits were leaving, they said to they spoke to Jesus and said, please allow us to go into the swine. There were a herd of swines that were nearby. And it says that Jesus granted them. They went to the swines, but they eventually got into Here's what I want you to notice. The Bible says as soon as the demons had left this man, it says he stood up, he, the, the man, when people came and saw him, he sat up straight, he was clothed well, and he was now back to his right mind. What am I trying to say with that? You see, this man, the only difference between him and you is that this man was possessed by demons. The moment the demons left him, he became normal. He was able to sit up straight. He was able to function normally. But as long as there was those demons that had possessed him, he was, able, he was not able to function correctly. You see... There are people in our lives that we look at and we say, man, what's wrong with this person? They irritate us. They provoke us. But could it be that these people are oppressed by the devil? Could it be that we are looking at the surface and we are saying, well, this person just has a very nasty attitude? Because from this story, we realize that this person, this guy became normal. He desired to be normal like everyone else. But unfortunately, he was tormented by the devil. You see, I believe we have a responsibility as the church to look beyond the surface of people, to not be quick to say, well, I guess that's just how this person is, but to look deeper. And that's why I believe that as the church, we need to have the ability to discern between spirits. We have to have that ability to look at a situation and say, you know what? There's more to this than what meets the eye. There's a particular story. I want you to turn there for this one. I want you to turn there in Acts chapter 16. I think we all know this story. It's a, very, it's a very fascinating story. In Acts chapter 16, verse 16. Listen to this. Paul and Cyrus, it says this, verse 16. Now it happened as we went to pray that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us and brought us to her masters. I mean, met us... For she brought much profit to her masters by fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and cried out saying, These men are servants of the Most High 
who proclaimed the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. I want you to notice something. There's a young lady who's walking around and she's following Paul and Silas. And if you listen, listen to what she said. Listen to what she was saying. She was saying, these are servants of the Most High who proclaim the way of salvation. Was there anything wrong with what she was saying? I mean, if you listen to what she's saying, would you say that it was theologically incorrect? I mean, they were men of God. And were they not proclaiming the gospel of salvation? But Paul and Silas were able to discern that even though she's saying the right things, there is another spirit that is operating. You see, I want you to see what, she, what Paul did. He didn't address the girl. It says that he turned greatly annoyed and he spoke to the spirit. See, our job is not to speak to the person. Stop wasting your breath shouting at people. Speak to the spirit. It says he spoke to the spirit and he said, come out. See, can I suggest something to us today? Could it be that possibly we might be walking around entertaining devils thinking that they are servants of the Most High? Because clearly, if Paul did not have that ability to discern spirits, what she said made sense. Could it be that you are entertaining things in your home that appear okay on the surface, but really have a demonic connotation to them? And you're wondering why certain things are not moving as they should in your life. See, the Bible says that the enemy comes clothed as an angel of light. And so if the church is dulled in seeing, if we are not spending our life in the word of God, because it's the word of God that allows us the ability to be able to discern. When we spend time handling the word of truth, we're able to see the counterfeit from the real thing. But if we're not spending time handling the truth, how will we know? We could be simply taking a walk with the devil. I want you to think about that. See, Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 reminds us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You see, we must use the spiritual weapons that God has given us. There are spiritual weapons that God has availed to you and I that we must use in this battle that we're in. See, I think we can all agree that exercise is an important part of anyone's life. Yeah? I think we all need to exercise. Going to the gym, taking a jog, I think it's a very important aspect. But how many of you know when the devil comes knocking on your door and he's trying to mess around with your kid's health or he's stuffing around in your business or in, the market or in your place of work, 
How many of you know that the biceps and triceps are not really going to work in that moment? How many of you know that in that moment, it doesn't matter how many workouts you've done in the gym, when that devil comes in your home, you're going to need something supernatural to deal with him. You're going to need the weapons that the Bible is speaking of, the spiritual weapons. That is not the time to start asking your wife, where did I put my Bible as a husband? Because now the enemy has come into your home. Suddenly we're trying to look for the Bible now. That is the time where the word of God that you've been depositing day and night simply comes to surface and you begin to declare into that situation. We cannot wait for crisis to begin to declare the word of God or begin to take in the word of God. The word of God has to be a lifestyle. We have to live in the word of God. We have to day and night. You see, Jesus shows us this in Matthew chapter 4. He says that soon after he had been baptized, he was taken up into the wilderness. And he says there he spent 40 days and 40 nights praying and fasting. And he says as he was coming down, the devil appeared. <laughs> he appeared. He didn't care that Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and nights. He appears. But look at what Jesus does. Jesus simply takes out the words. Well, Jesus was the words. And he begins to say, it is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He begins to declare the word of God and he says, the enemy was defeated. He tempts him again and he says, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Three times the devil appeared and three times he was annihilated simply by the word of God. There are battles that you are trying to fight in the natural that can only be defeated in the realm of the spirit. There are things that you are trying to confront with many words that simply need the word of God. Ah, church, it's time for word warriors to rise up. It's time for those of us who are full of the words, who don't wait for crisis to start saying, where's my Bible? Who daily are living in the word of God. Who abide in his words. Because they understand that we are in a spiritual war. Psalms chapter 1 from verse 1 to 3. One of my favorite portions of scripture says, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated at the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And upon this law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by streams of living water that brings forth fruit in its season. Whatsoever he does prospers. His leaves do not wither. The Bible says that there is a man. See, the Bible uses different metaphors. Sometimes it uses a farmer, sometimes it's a soldier. In this particular passage, it's talking about man as a tree. He says, the man who spends his time in the word shall be like a tree. He will be like a tree that is planted. The strength of any tree is in its roots. He's saying that 
when you spend time meditating on the word of God day and night, I like that because it says, and I, I read that and again, I took it face value. I said, it says day and night. Sometimes we say we're day people, we're, we're morning people. But God is saying day and night. Meditate on the word. There are things that you're going to face at night. Day and night. He says, he shall be like a tree. Planted. Planted. So that when the enemy comes in, like a tree, like a boobab tree, he shall not be moved. When the winds, when the demonic winds blow his way, that person will not be moved. Because he's made the word of God his delight. We need people who are planted in the word of God. Planted people bring forth fruit. You see, not only do we need, here's a side note again. Not only do I believe we need to be planted in his word. The Bible says, he who's planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I truly believe that it is so important for us to be planted in the house of God. You cannot be a person who is in one church today. Tomorrow he's in another church. The next day he's in another church. Because you are like a tree that is constantly being uprooted and replanted. Uprooted and replanted. That tree stands no chance. And you wonder why when the enemy comes up against you, it is so easy for him to just get into you. Why? Because you haven't said, you know what? I'm planted here. I'm planted. I am committed. I am going to apply myself. I will serve. I will find a place. Because I want to be deeply rooted. Not only in the word, but in the house of God. You see, we cannot afford to have shallow roots. You see, the word of God is powerful. The Bible says it is quick. It is powerful. Sharper than a two-edged sword. See, I want you to know something. That from the beginning of time, when the word of God stepped into this arena of life, every single battle that it has ever fought, it has won. There are absolutely no defeats attached to its record. Not only is it the undefeated champion, it is the undefeated, undisputed champion of this world. Meaning that not only are its victories, not only has it won every victory, but none of his victories come with controversy. This is not like a Manchester United versus Arsenal game, where sometimes we say, well, I guess the referee got some decisions wrong. No, every time the word of God has come up against anything, it is won without controversy. It stands the test of time. You see, right from Genesis, we see how the word of God came and it says, the spirit of the Lord was hovering and it said, God spoke and he said, let there be light. How many of you know that from that moment on, the word of God is still alive and active today? That word that he spoke and released, let there be light, is still the same word that is keeping us in this light. You see, Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, he upholds all things with the word of his power. In other words, this world we're living in is being held up by the word of God. 
If we were to subtract the word of God, this world would collapse. The only thing that is holding it up is the word of God that was spoken into existence. You see, there are things in our lives that we don't realize that are still being held together because of the word that we spoke over that thing. There are certain situations, your children, I feel like this is for someone, there's a particular parent in this place, and your child has gone to university, and you're a bit nervous because you're wondering, are they going to be okay? But the Spirit of the Lord would say this, because you spend time speaking the word of God over your child, that child will be upheld by the word of his power. You see, throughout history, the word of God has always prevailed. The centurion who came, up, who came up to Jesus and said, my servant is sick, didn't ask Jesus to go to his house. He simply said, send your words and my servant would be healed. And he did. And his servant was healed. The disciples in a storm, it says they were in a boat with Jesus and the storm became violent and was now getting into the boat so they were afraid they would sink they woke up Jesus Jesus rose up and he said he spoke to the winds and storm and he said peace be still and it ceased Peter had toiled all night and caught nothing Jesus comes he steps into his boat and he tells him cast into the deep Paul says well I've told all night sir and I've caught nothing nevertheless at your words I will do so. He cast his net. The Bible says he caught a net-breaking, boat-sinking catch that night because he obeyed the word of God. Lazarus dead for three days, stinking at this point. Jesus comes to his tomb. His sisters already weeping because they believe it's too late. Jesus gets there and he says, Lazarus, come forth. He declared the word of God and Lazarus had to respond to the word of God. I'm trying to show you that the word of God will always prevail. Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones. Dead dry bones. It says he stepped into this valley and the spirit of the Lord says, Ezekiel, can these bones live again? Ezekiel answered like any person would answer. He said, Lord, only you know that answer. He's then instructed, I want you to speak this word. And say, bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. Bones had to listen and obey the word of God. Suddenly it says, the bones became, began to come together. Sinew became to come onto these bones. Suddenly what was dead began to take form again. Why? Because the word of God is powerful. See, today I want us to pray. Because like I said, we are in a spiritual war. You know, growing up, I used to watch this particular television program. Very interesting program. Some of you may be asking, well, are you now wearing glasses? No, today these glasses are for illustration. You see, there was this guy, a simple guy. His name was Clark Kent. Some of you may know him. I liked him. I, th I thought he was a pretty cool guy growing up. See, 
Clark Kent was from Metropolis. He was a journalist in the Daily Planet newspaper. He was just an ordinary guy with an ordinary day job. And, you know, he would sit on his desk at his computer. He would do, you know, research what's happening in the city. And he was kind of a bit of a nerdish guy because he had these big glasses that stood out. Big frame, thick glasses. And so everyone would look at him and think, well, this guy, I'm sure people would just walk past him and think, well, he's just, he's just an ordinary guy. Sometimes he would sit on his chair with a bit of a slouch. And people would ignore him. However, tell your neighbor, however, something would happen with Clark Kent. When someone or something tried to threaten Clark City or those he loved, if a villain was detected as trying to break into the city and trying to cause an uproar, suddenly, this cool guy, calm, collect, well-groomed looking guy, would switch off his laptop, well, then a computer. He would take off his glasses and he would fold them very nicely. He would remove his jacket. Are you following me? He would pull up his jacket, put it nicely, He'll take off his waistcoat. Don't get nervous. It's going to be okay. He'll remove his tie. He would even remove his shirt. Because suddenly, the man who looked so innocent was not as innocent as he looked. I forgot to remove one of the buttons. You say, can you come help me here? I don't think this is what Clark Kent would do. Come on, we're getting there. There we go. And suddenly, suddenly, let me keep this. Suddenly, a man who looked normal, a man who was a journalist for a daily newspaper, would rise up from his seat. I want you to notice on my shirt. This is not an S, because I don't believe I'm Superman. You will notice distinctly that this is a W. Because I believe God is calling forth for the word warriors. Let it not be that when our children are looking for heroes, that they turn to Spider-Man, to Superman. Let it not be that they look to Black Panther and say, those are the heroes. Let it be that they say, mom and dad... You are my heroes because you have taught us to abide in the word of God. And whenever trouble comes into our home, the first thing mom and dad say is, let's get on our knees. Let's pray. 
Because mom and dad have spent time feeding themselves on the word of God. Let it not be that our children have to run to other things for protection. Let it be that in our homes, the word of God is a shelter. The word of God is a fire around our homes. That the enemy cannot breach our homes because they are word warriors in that home. Today, I want the word warriors to stand up to your feet. Like I said, we find ourselves in a spiritual war. We find ourselves engaged in a spiritual battle. Whether we like it or not, the enemy is coming up against us. The enemy is coming left, right, and center. But we are those who are not fearful because we know we have the word of God. And so this morning, I want us to declare some things. I want us to get into some moments of prayer. Because like I said, the word of God will always prevail. It is time for us to become equipped in the word of God. It is time for us to stop running away from things that we should be, that should be running away from us. No longer shall we turn and run and flee from situations and circumstances that should be running away from us. It's time for the men of God, it's time for the women of God to rise up with the word of God hidden on their hearts. And so this morning, join me as I declare these things. Hallelujah. Lord, you said in your word that if we would call upon you in the day of trouble, that you would deliver us. Lord, you said that you are an ever-present help in time of need. So Lord, we call upon your name today. Your name, O oh Lord, is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Lord, our nation Zimbabwe needs you. Our economy needs you. Our families need you. Our churches need you. Our schools need you. Our places of work need you. We cannot defeat this great foe that stands before us. But you, O oh God, in you we have our confidence. In you we put our trust. And so this morning, we enter into your holy courtroom with boldness, knowing fully well that you, O oh God, are able to render a favorable verdict. Our enemies taunt us night and day. They ridicule and mock us. Saying, where is your God? Today, O oh Lord, we say, enough is enough. Let God arise. And let his enemies be scattered. Let the enemies of God be scattered like the sand on the seashore. Those who come up against us in one way, may they be scattered 
in seven ways to the demonic winds that have risen boisterously over our nation and that are affecting our families. Lord, we speak to these winds and we declare winds, peace, be still, peace, be still, peace, be still. Lord, where the enemy has thrown spears and javelins to us. We rise up and declare that you come up against us with spears and javelins. But we come up against you in the name of the Lord of Zimbabwe. Whose name you have defiled. Where others trust in horses. Others in chariots. Others in occult and other gods. We, your church, declare that we trust in the Lord our God, the maker of heaven and earth. And so we put on the full armor today. We put on the full armor today because we know that the battle is not against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts in heavenly places. And therefore, we do not wage war with human plans and methods. For we know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds and to demolish every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. Lord, you have trained our hands for war and our fingers for battle. We declare that we are not afraid Oh, you, O oh Lord, fight this battle for us. Disarm the principalities. Because you, O oh God, made a public spectacle of them. We declare that no weapon formed or fashioned against us will be able to prosper. And every tongue which rises against us in judgment, we condemn today. We declare that it is our heritage as we believe in you and your words. We declare that we submit to you. We resist the devil and he flees from us. We have authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all power and, the en- and, over, all, and over all enemies and nothing, by, nothing shall by no means harm us. You have given us relief from our distress. 
You have mercy on us. You hear our prayer. You grant peace to our families. Peace in our land, Zimbabwe. And no one will cause us to be afraid. You walk with us, oh God. For we are your faithful servants. Through your power and authority, we confront the powers of darkness. In your son's name, Jesus Christ, we reinforce the defeat of Satan and all his demonic warriors. Lord, your right hand, it sustains us. We pursue our enemies and we overtake them. We do not turn back until they are utterly destroyed. You are the God who avenged us and saved us from our enemies. And so Father, this morning we declare loose us Oh, let me say that again. Father, we declare, Father, we declare loose, tribulation loose tribulation against the kingdom of Jezebel, kingdom of Jezebel that, rises up in our nation. that rises up in our nation. We rebuke and tear down her strongholds. In the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we destroy witchcraft over Zimbabwe. No longer shall we be allowed to cast spells or influence our families or to be able to practice idolatry in this nation. For greater is the power of your Holy Spirit within us than every evil spirit upon this land. Lord, Release your, fire. Release your fire. Burn up the idols of this land. Let the works of witchcraft and occultism be burned in fire. Let your flame be kindled against wicked spirits. And let demons be exposed. Lord, stretch out your hand over our nation. Stretch out your hand over our nation. With your hand, Lord, you healed nations. And so, Lord, heal our nation. With your outstretched hand, you calm the raging seas. So, Lord, calm the raging seas over our nation. With your stretched hand, you stopped the plagues of Egypt. Lord, stop the plagues in our nation. Lord, with your stretched hand, you bless the nations of the world. Lord, bless our nation, Zimbabwe. Lord, we declare that our nation is fruitful. That its vats overflow with new wine. We declare, Lord, 
that the land brings forth fruit in season. Lord, we thank you that you restore the fortunes of Zimbabwe. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we say your word. Your word, Lord. Over our nation, Lord. Your word, oh God. Let the war, let the word warriors rise up. Let the men of women, let the men and women of God who are full of the word of God rise up in this nation. Let them be counted amongst those who declare the word of the Lord. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was there in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and nothing that was made was made outside of him. Verse 11 says, he came to his own and his own received him not. Verse 12, but as many as received him, he gave them the power. He gave them the power. He gave them the power, the authority to be the sons and daughters of God. Father, we stand today in the power <laughs> in the power yeah. and the authority yeah. of the word of God as it. sons and it. daughters That's of it. the most high yes. we release the word of God in into our nation we release hey. the word hey. of God hey. Hey. into the highways and byways we release the word of God hey. for our weapons of warfare are not carnal so we speak the word of God. We say dry bones live again. Desolate places live again. In the name of Jesus. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the authority in your word. God, arise. Arise, arise. 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 Arise in us, oh God. Ah, Taneta Jehovah. Taneta. Taneta Jehovah. Taneta. Enough is enough. We rise up as word warriors. We rise up today. We rise up. No longer shall we remain seated. We're standing up. Devil, you shouldn't have messed around with our families. Yes. Because now, the sons and daughters of God are arising. Devil, you shouldn't have messed around with our nation because now the sons and daughters of the Most High are arising. We arise. We arise with the Word of God. We arise. With the sword of the spirit, with the sword of the spirit, the undefeated, the undisputed champion of this world. 
we rise up and declare your words will prevail. Your word will prevail. Your word will prevail. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory and to the honor of your name. So Lord, this morning, we stand in faith and we thank you in advance that you've begun to rearrange the world around us. You are rearranging things right now. As the word is going forth out of this place, you are rearranging things, Lord. You are rearranging circumstances. You are rearranging offices. You are rearranging things. The enemy is falling because God, your word is going forth. Lord, you say, you watch over your word to perform it. Perform your word today, Lord. Perform it today, Lord. Perform your word. Perform your word. Father, we give you glory today. We give you honor. And we declare that you are our God. We shall not be moved. We shall not be moved. We shall not be moved. to the end of one decade 5779 and get ready to cross over into 5780 Father as was declared by Pastor Tom this is the time where we need to begin to declare you've been preparing us but now we say we arise and we shine for the light has come and the glory of God has risen upon us. We shall not be afraid. We are expectant. We are expectant. That beginning today, God, that you would do great things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.